Welcome to another edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always on a Monday by Brian Peroni. Uh, Brian thought we were going to be starting out this podcast with, with some positive news, talking about Ashton Funk, and we will we will certainly get to that uh, later in the show. But as it always seems to be the case with, with A&M recruiting this year, it's one step forward and, and two steps back, and that's certainly the case today on Monday when five-star linebacker Anthony Hill announced his decommitment from Texas A&M. Uh, just a massive blow to the – to the class um yeah brian happy monday i guess and yeah and what do you kind of make make of everything <laughs> going on i know that's kind I, of a loaded question if, yeah i know yeah if a&m fans think they're having a bad day you and i were talking about this off camera yeah. but you know ashton funk made this big commitment and he's excited and it didn't even last for a whole news cycle because anthony Hill just had to one up and by by decommitting now you know nobody's remembering ashton's commitment on sunday uh man this is nuts you know started off that commitment's a distant memory at this point like yeah exactly it was yeah he didn't even make it 24 hours and i feel bad because he's a good kid um but yeah and started off this morning was uh you know chasing down the i guess another network had put out that ravian rogers and javon thomas were at lsu Mm -hmm. you know so you know we got it cleared up they were not there and lsu's not even really pushing for them and then you were you checked on you're like oh actually you know javon thomas was at tcu it's like okay that's not you know ideal we knew he was going to visit tcu at some point but like that's not ideal anthony anthony hill decommits from a&m early afternoon it's like all right man so what's coming uh what's coming next so uh yeah not a not a great day covering recruiting no, not at all. And yet yeah, the Javon Thomas part was we began to hear about that late last week that TCU has quietly been working behind the scenes on him. And and from someone I spoke to over the weekend, he's definitely listening. Um, they've been working to get him on, on a visit. They they tried earlier in the fall. It didn't work out and confirmed that he, he did make it into campus on Sunday um, and spent the day with the TCU staff. Um, just a one-day visit there, but but obviously not ideal. And and even at that time, I kind of mentioned on that post before Anthony Hill happened that with the way this season has gone, A&M's lost five in a row now, the latest coming against Florida, which, by the way, Anthony Hill was in the stands for. So, um, yeah, you know, he was, I forgot about that. He's on campus and decommits he's, like he, he's one, on, two, two days later. He's on, he's on campus for a visit this weekend and – and decommits less than 48 hours later after after watching another debacle on the field. And, uh, you know, A&M's going to have to fight to keep this class together. Um, they've got 11 commitments right now. We were kind of talking about, and you made the joke on the board that, you know, there's not a whole lot to lose because they've only got 11 commitments to begin with. So Yeah, I was going uh, to give fans hope with that. I mean, like, you won't get yeah. too many decommitments. But, I mean, so here's the deal. A&M's not – good on the field right now yeah not you know they've been, they've been in it with every game but mississippi state i know that's not consolation i'm not trying to like give moral victories but they've been in it every single game except for mississippi state um but but i mean they're not good on the field and you know there's just so much drama with you know just suspensions and uh, injuries and just uh, guys you know aren't happy you know you hear some some guys uh you know vent their frustrations you know there's rumors about portal so i mean it's really hard to recruit right now so here's the deal a and only has 11 commits 
they'll probably lose more. It's just what happens when there's, uh, you know, upheaval. You know, I think there'll be some new assistant coaches probably, and, the, you know, that could cause people to look around. But there's just not that many to lose. And I know that's – we were joking about it. You know, that's math, of course. But it's really – there's just not – and looking at the commitment right list right now, you know, okay, David Hicks is the highest-ranked guy. You know, Oklahoma's working on him. Texas is working on him. When he committed, nobody expected to be A&M, and then it was just sort of like a cherry on the top because A&M has a ton of defensive linemen. Uh, you know, then two of them, you know, I think Dalton Brooks stays. Um, I think uh, Colton Thomason stays. I think Samu stays, Nicole Beatran, Tyler White. So, you know, that's half the list right there. And then you have to look at, you know, the ones that are looking around. The, the most important positions right now are, are uh, offensive tackle. And I think both the tackles, you know, Chase Masson is probably going to look around some. I don't, you know, who knows if he sticks or not, but he's going to look around. He's not a tackle. He's not the biggest need position. And TJ Shanahan, I just have no idea. I mean, I, I know he likes A&M, but he has so many offers. Yeah, I this, this is not with any inside info on him. I mean, but you have to imagine he's at least going to listen yeah. to others. But really good player, but again, a guard and not the biggest need position uh, for A&M at the moment. So, and then receiver is the other big one. And, well, there are no receivers committed. So, yeah. I mean, you look at it, and, yeah, it would suck to lose, you know, especially top 100 guys if, like, Bravian Rogers or, or uh, like, Javon Thomas or some of those guys decommitted. But it's not really the end of the world. And I'm not saying this. I know I'm going to be accused of, you know, yeah. why are you trying to whitewash this and all that? I'm just trying yep, to, you know, put, put things in perspective a bit. Yes, it's not ideal. This is a bad situation. It's bad that AM only has 11 commitments. They should have more than that. They're going to yeah. have to use the portal, but they should have more than that a month and a half until signing uh, early signing period. But, you know, losing the guys, even though they're all, they're really good, losing them is not, you know, the worst that it could be. It's not like they have, you know, a five-star QB that's committed and they're going to lose him, you know, or, or all these five-star wideouts. So. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I, it almost feels like the one that, that does kind of sting the most is out of the way now in terms of, in terms of, Anthony Hill because oh yeah that's a that's a neat at, position if you look at it when when AM lost Harold Perkins last cycle to, to LSU the thought was okay well that just makes Anthony Hill a must land at this point to come away to miss out on on Harold Perkins and Anthony Hill now that's a backbreaker in in terms of that position of need to your point about the defensive line AM's loaded along the defensive line those guys are all playing quite a bit in the early going already. And so if you can keep that group in the fold together, you can, you, you'll be all right along the defensive line, along the secondary, obviously Javon Thomas would be, would be a big loss. If he, if he were to begin looking around again, TCU's kind of pushing for him. He's maintained that he is, you know, so he, as we said with a lot of these guys, they're saying the right things, but you're going to have to continue recruiting them until the early signing period. Um, you know, yeah, I, I agree. They haven't landed anybody at the positions of need they yeah. begin with. So often, I mean, we talk about you're talking about corner, you know, Javon Thomas is a corner, uh, Braven Rogers is a corner. Well, AM signed a bunch of corners, you know, we haven't even seen yeah. uh, Bobby Taylor this year. I mean, so you know, we haven't seen what he can do. Smoke Bowie, it, it, you know, with him being from Georgia, it could be tough hanging on to him, but if he sticks, you get Marquise Gross Killerbrew back. I mean, they He's signed the some cornerbacks yeah. in the last class, so I mean, it's those guys would be great to have. You definitely need players, and it never hurts to get, you know, potential, you know, all-conference types. But it's not something that's just going to, like, devastate you, like if it was, you know, losing some other guys they were counting on. 
And totally. And you know where this gets to, and it, it goes to a point we've talked about the last couple of weeks on, on this podcast, hitting the portal just becomes that much more important to be able to get experienced players in. And, you know, Jimbo Fisher seems open to, to the portal, but then continues to kind of talk about, well, you know, these guys seem to know where they're going before they enter the portal. And, and he, it's, it's, yeah, frankly, he, he, used, he used that line again, again today. Like, again you can't use that as an excuse not to hit the portal. Like, exactly. And exactly. whatever other school, whatever other schools are doing with their legal back channels, <laughs> you know, everything's on the up and up. Like, I'm not saying, do not sue me for libel or slander, Texas. I'm not yeah. saying you do this or other schools, but, uh, why doesn't AM do the same, you know, work those same back channels? You know, if other schools are able to do it, why can't they? And, and this goes to another point of, uh, you've got to be able to adjust with the times. That goes for the offense, that goes for the defense, that goes for what happens on the field and on the recruiting trail. And if you're A&M and you're looking at the transfer portal, a lot of schools around the country, we've heard, we've heard about this, that have started to build almost like transfer transfer portal, like infrastructure yeah. in place. And they've got guys whose only job is to man the transfer portal, be on, be on the lookout for who's in the transfer portal, who might enter the transfer portal, who's rumored in the transfer portal and be aware of all those options. And so when guys do hit the portal, yeah. you're ready to hit the ground running. I mean, it's it's on the basketball side, but Buzz Williams talked about this in in their media day press conference and thought it was a, I thought it was a great look into the way a coach has to operate now. And, and he certainly had his gripes about it. But he said, listen, at the end of last season, he talked to Justin Moore and said, Justin, I'm taking my entire staff on the road. Here we go. And the entire staff hit the road from the moment the season ended until the dead period. And he said somebody was on campus manning the transfer portal, looking to see when new names entered. And this staff basically, the moment they got in the car, get where somebody entered, they were on the phone trying to figure out who their high school coaches are, who their parents are, who the players' numbers are. And it was, but it was a team effort. And you look at the success that they had in the portal. It's a chaotic environment, but you have to have the infrastructure to to be able to handle it. And it's going to be the same way for football. You know, everybody kind of talks about, you know, well, who's A&M going to lose to the port? It's going to be the same around the country, and you just need to be there to take advantage of it when it does happen. There's going to be movement. It's just the way things are right now in college football. And so if you're A&M, you have to be able to have the infrastructure in place to 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 deal with that, to be able to re-recruit your own roster. And, and right now, yeah, you're right. When you're three and six, decommitments are going to happen. Instability in the class is going to happen. Kids are going to be concerned about whether coaches are going to be there. There's been obviously plenty of talk about the offensive side of the ball. Who's going to be there on that offensive staff at the end of the year remains to be seen. That room, that room could look tremendously different next year. That's going to lead to that, yeah, I think that's probably going to be the case. And that's you know, probably going to be the look, case. Fans that are frustrated with the offense, I think that's, you know, some – at least some good news we can yeah. give you is that I, the, the offensive coaching staff will likely look quite a bit different next year. Yeah. This, this, the staff is going to have to take a hard look. They're going to have to see where they are and, and where they get better. And, and, you know, it's going to be on, it's going to be on the A&M staff to correct this. Cause right now things are going off the tracks and it's just the way uh, it's just kind of the way things are. And, and it's going to be on Jimbo Fisher and the staff. I'm not saying it's, it's beyond beyond Saul, but it's it's going to be on them to to really look in the mirror, see that things aren't going well, and and go from there. Yeah. So in the transfer portal era, A and M has brought in we touched two two guys. Yeah. 
Jameer Johnson, and then the second one fell in their lap, came to them, and it was uh, Max Johnson last year. I mean, he and Jake came to AM. AM was not planning on taking a transfer quarterback or 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 they they were looking at transfer quarterbacks, but it wasn't, you know, you know, set in stone. And then, you know, yeah. Jake Johnson, they they came to AM. And Jameer Johnson, I don't know how many schools were after him. So yeah, AM has to get better. Like you you mentioned, you know, keeping an eye or, or an ear out who might enter it and all that. You know, you got to be ready. There are whispers, you know, of all these yeah. guys. So yeah. And I mean, with the portal, you know, there are some superstars that enter, you know, from some of the smaller schools, you know, and those are the ones that everybody offers and stuff. But it's not just that. You don't really need that. What you need is experience. I mean, you can recruit high school, but those guys are unproven. You know, you don't have, you know, even if they're a five-star in high school, you don't know what's, you know, if they're going to pan out. These guys that have proven it at the higher level and either are frustrated with maybe they think they can play at a bigger school or they aren't getting as much playing time or maybe they don't like the coaching staff or changing coaching staffs or something like that, go after them. You know, it's, you need, you know, not every one of your starters is going to be all SEC. You need other guys. And so yeah, bring, bring yeah. that in. And if you look at the, uh, you know, the top ranked teams, they all have brought in quite a few, uh, quite a few transfers. I mean, they, they, they all have, it's just, you know, that's what things have turned to. So AM is going to have to change that. And yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to take some, but I think, you know, Fisher going forward, or if somebody else ends up as a coach, I mean, who knows? It's going to have to be, like you said, you put together a portal recruiting staff. AM has a really good high school recruiting staff, you know, with the coaches. There needs to be a portal recruiting staff that, yeah, like you said, follows that all year, keeps their, you know, keeps their ears out and just just figures out what they need to do there. Yeah. And it's, I, I look at a great example is LSU, who AM's going to play in a couple of years. Or a couple of weeks, <laughs> they'll also play them um, in a couple of years. To be yeah, fair, they'll so. play in a couple of years as yeah. well. But you know, a great example. That program was a mess at the end of last year, and you know, barely had enough players to even play a bowl game. Goes out there in the off season, hires Brian Kelly, and in the off season, just basically raids the transfer portal, and they looked for guys that either had a Louisiana connection, were looking to come back mm-hmm. home, were looking. And some of them were obviously big name players, but others were guys that maybe had SEC experience that were in the transfer portal looking for an opportunity. Joseph Fusha is a, is a good example of that. Other guys that had connections to back home that were looking to come back closer to the area, and they were in position to capitalize on a lot of those people. And now they're sitting in the top 10 coming off of in, a win over Alabama. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at it now. LSU took, LSU took 15 transfers. 15 transfers. Now they one was a long snapper from East Carolina, probably not on on scholarship, yeah. but still he came. Was he a transcendent long snapper though? That's yeah, that's I don't, I don't know if he to, was that. But. That's what we have to. That's the only question. But but they were in position. They recognized they had to get a ton more depth in place with guys that had played and and guys that could bring experience to a locker room. That's that's the other part of it. You need guys that are going to bring experience to the locker room and and be able to step forward in a in a moment like this and be able to be able to keep guys in check and be able to keep their room and lead by example. And that's just something a and playing a lot of young players and they're all kind of learning on the fly. And I thought it was encouraging and whether, you know, whether it's, it's actually the case or not, Jimbo Fisher is saying that, that a lot of these young players had given positive feedback about the direction they felt like the program was going. That that's great news. If that's, if that's 100% the case, but <laughs> it could be coach day, speak. You never really it could know, be coach you know? speak, but in today's day and age, like, you know, if they're if they're really sticking through a three and six season, 
and and you know really feel feel positive about the direction. That's good. That's good news, and they'll they'll be better for it. Exactly like you said. Uh, but I think A and M could still use that veteran leadership to really kind of guide them through guide them through these tough times. Yeah, and I think even in the freshman class, though, you got to have some you got to have some people keeping keeping others accountable. You know, encourage. You know, every we talked about this before. Every freshman, no matter if they're from ten minutes down the road or ten hours, you know, away, every freshman gets homesick to an extent. Yep. If you're used to playing, if you're used to being not just a starter but a star your entire life. And then you come to college and you either barely play or don't play, you're going to get frustrated. And if you're losing, you get frustrated. So there are frustrations. Every school has them, but AM is going to have more this year because one, the players are from all over. They also said more five stars, you know, than anybody else ever. And that, you know, five stars are the ones who really want to play. Um, so AM's going to have people frustrated, but you got to like Bryce Anderson. You know, Bryce Anderson, a great freshman year. But I don't think a lot of people know just like his his attitude. He's a lot like Anaya Smith. I Yep. made this point on the board earlier today a lot like Anaya Smith was that his attitude you know puts his nose down goes to work you know and uh you know Anias has really sort of united that united the locker room a bit uh Bryce has that ability he, he's not as vocal though but you know if he steps up and if you know Bobby Taylor who did a great job recruiting guys and who still tries to recruit guys if he can basically you know I'm using air quotes recruit his teammates to stay you know things like that can go a long way you got to figure out you know the Cam Dewberries of the world that are that are, you know, enjoying or, you know, that understand that sometimes times are tough, but, you know, things are likely to get better. You know, you got to have those guys really, you know, work their best to, hey, hey, give it, give it one more semester, you know, you know, give it this and, you know, people see where things are sitting. Yeah. They they come to feel more comfortable with the school and they're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm bought in. So it'll, I mean, they really need those guys to step up. No, no, for sure. And I think Bryce, Bryce Anderson's a great example of, of kind of that leadership and a, and a guy that's, you know, him and Cam Dewberry have kind of seen their playing time progress over the course yeah. of the year, have established some of those good practice habits. And, it, you know, there's been good news as well. We've been looking at it today and, and kind of mentioned this to you when I was going through the stats and I know, and I know you kind of noticed this as well. Yeah. One of the big questions coming into the year was about, well, would A&M be able to throw the ball? Would A&M be able to get the ball to Evan Stewart? That's all we heard about for the first for the for the for all the way up until fall camp. Well, Evan Stewart's now sitting right up there in the SEC in yards per game receiving. I think you mentioned he's second in the in the SEC in catches this year. So That's he's, good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's third in receptions, but he also missed a game. So yeah, yeah they're the using game. him. You know, they can point to that to other receivers. Be like, hey, if you got the talent, we'll use you, even if we don't pass yeah. for. <laughs> well, I mean, Haynes King yeah. manages to throw for like 300 yards when he comes in. They don't yeah. win those games, but he always yeah. manages to throw for, for 300 <laughs> they've got two top, so. They've got two top 10 receivers. Not bad for, you know, for, for where they are. And, you know, there's some positives. I, I thought, again, Le'Veon Moss kind of showed some flashes when he was in there the other day. And I, I just wish they would use him more. But, you know, had some good had some good moments and, and, and flashed a little bit. I mean, if you can keep these guys together – and and give it a run for another year they're going to be better for this experience and so i think that's got to be kind of the message and like we said last week if you can at least it, it looks a little more bleak now somehow find a way to beat auburn and somehow find a way to beat umass and see where you see where no, you not somehow hold on not somehow oh, yeah. find a way yeah. to beat umass okay here's the deal if they didn't yeah, lose to umass yeah, they need to like just blow up the bright conference. Yeah. UMass is dead last in the CBS one to one thirty one. They did get 
They did give UConn a bit of a scare this weekend before yeah. you come forward. UConn is not good. Yeah. You know, okay. If they just if they find a way to beat UMass. <laughs> beat UMass. That was a misspeak. Beat UMass. How about beat UMass well handily? You know? Yeah. Beat UMass handily. That that should have been what I said the first time. <laughs> beat Auburn and then and then find out find out what happens against LSU at the end of the so, year. AM players, and, I will tell you, okay, LSU's going to be favored. And AM's yeah. at home, though. And LSU's been playing well, but they have a bunch of freshmen, too. And, yeah. you know, they make some mistakes. And, I mean, AM players do get up for that game, you know, other than, the, other than LSU's national <laughs> championship year. AM players get up for that game. They get so, up for that one. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be sunshine pumper, and I'm not trying yeah. to, like, you know, you know, you just make all these apologies. But it's not out of the question. It's, it's not. You know, it'll be – it could well be a, a, a big night at Kyle Field. I'm, I'm sure, you know, AM fans, regardless of how bad it's going, definitely do do show up and do and do their part. So, you know, it's we'll see how the next three weeks of the, the year go. And then this recruiting, the staff has just got to recruit their tails off for the next year, and and you get another chance at the next year. And but there there better be some changes, and and there better be be a deep look in the mirror, just like we talked about before the season. If they fell short of expectations. There was going to have to be a deep look in the mirror, and I think that's that's kind of where things stand now. We'll we'll at least get to the good news after the break. There was there was some good news on the recruiting trail, like we mentioned, and um, with a with a bit of a surprise commitment on on Sunday. So we will definitely get to that that good news right after a quick break. Welcome back into the Gigum Twenty Four Seven Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. Brian, I. I thought we were going to be leading the show with this today and, and thought we were going to have some, at least some good news to, to kind of talk about. And, and that is uh, Ashton Funk announced his commitment to Texas A&M on Sunday and offensive tackle. Like we were talking about big need in this class from Katie Tompkins and A&M legacy in the 2024 class. He's the second commitment in that class joining Dylan Evans. Um yeah, drove up, drove up. Like you, you mentioned, you got to talk to him. Drove up to the to the A and M staff on on Sunday and and delivered the good news. Um, what do you what do you make of this commitment for A and M? Yeah, I mean, it's clear that he you know wanted to be an Aggie. And I mean, when I asked him, I was like, you know, I know it's a ways till your signing day. So you know, it, are things you know is recruitment still going to be open a bit? He just matter of factly, he's like, no, you know, my recruitment's over. I'm I'm done. 100. percent You know, wanted people yeah. to know that and. Some kids say that, you know, but it was pretty forceful. It's sort of like the way Colton Thomas in his talk. Yeah. So I expect him to stay. Uh, I mean, this is a kid that had 30 offers, you know, the Alabamas, the Georgias. Actually, I don't know if Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Michigan, you know, yeah. Michigan, a bunch of other schools. Um, you know, he had offers from all over the country. Uh, big get. He's ranked as a – every service has him as a high three-star right now. Now, I would expect that to change going forward, to go up because – He's got well. He hasn't put out his film. I got to get on him about about putting out film because right now it's only the sophomore film in the huddle. Somebody asked me about that, and I noticed his district film is labeled as private. I've never seen a school do that before, but so was okay. It it might be his coaches. Some schools do that because they don't want opponents to get a leg up. It's like, come on, you know how easy it is to get film these (laughs) days. You know, it's not back in my day when the coaches used to like meet halfway and trade uh, VHS tapes for the playoffs. You know, giving them tape. It's really easy to get film now, but yeah, we have to get on. Yeah. We have to get on him about making that uh, public, but once he gets film, you know, that's out there, uh, you know, that's going to help a ton with the ranking. Uh, 
you know, just his play as a junior. You know, he, he did well as a sophomore, but it was more, you know, there's a six seven kid, 285, that is built well. Well, he's now played like that as a junior. You know, Tompkins is 8-2 and two going to the playoffs. You know, he played against uh, David Hicks and Damian Sanford on, on Friday night, and they won pretty handily. You know, so he's, you know, he's gone up against some good players. And, uh, yeah, a pure offense tackle, a left tackle type. You know, A&M doesn't. Now he's built a little like Trey Zune, a little taller, but sort of has that uh, has that build. But I think he probably moves a you know a little better than Zune, especially with Zune coming off that uh, ACL injury his his senior in high school. So you know he's definitely got the potential to man that that left tackle spot at A and M, which is huge. Now he's only a junior, so it'll be another another year before that happens. But it's yeah, you know he, it's it's a good get. People have asked on on him, is he a true tackle? He's six seven right now. Yeah. Um, in the 285 range, I believe is where we had him measured yeah. in. And he's he's definitely a true tackle, and and kind of exactly what A and M needs on that on that front. And you can have the debate on whether him or Michael Luini is 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 the best offensive tackle in the state, and that'll probably be a, a debate that goes on over the next year and a half. But for A and M, it's a big get to get in the class right away. Have, have at least one of those tackle spots locked down in the class because we've talked about this ad nauseum on the board too, that it's it's tough to find offensive tackles right now. And it's tough to find guys yeah. that that are that come with that frame, that can play with that length and size. And so to get one, I know recruiting is not in a good spot right now, but to have him in the fold and to have him as committed. And I think the other point to, to keep in mind when it comes to him is he comes from an AM family, grew up watching AM football and decided this is where he wants to go. And and um, you know, there was a comment on the board from somebody who said, you know, it's it's those that kind of commit during the tough times that you kind of know are gonna be are gonna be the ones that kind of stick and 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 stick through the tough times. He's a guy. Yeah, when I when I woke up Sunday morning after that Florida game, I was not expecting to cover a commitment on yeah. Sunday. You're like, well, you, you like and you I should read both, the message boards. A and M may never get a commitment again. So what yeah, are you doing, Ashton? I'm busy. I'm busy. You know, kind of trying to track down the, you know, whether Javon Thomas visited anywhere over the weekend, and all of a sudden on Twitter, the the Ashton Funk news kind of popped around, and and it was a pleasant surprise. It it really was, and um, you know, it's a it's a it's a big deal for this for this A and M staff to be able to get him in the fold. As bad as things look right now. Uh, having him and and you keep Dylan Evans, uh, I think A and M's probably going to have to fight TCU for that one as well. I did hear he he kind of has some TCU ties as well, so I don't expect TCU to to go. You're away talking about, about Dylan Evans, right? Dylan Evans, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't yeah, expect TCU recruits T- East Texas really well. Yeah, and you know so whether they were able to get you know I haven't heard whether they were able to get him on campus this weekend, but I think that's certainly going to be a school that that doesn't let up on him um going into next cycle but so to have ashton funk and and you know if you can start to maybe generate some traction in that class some of these recruiting visits are going to be big and i i will say when it looks at the 2024 class as a whole if there are staff changes over the off season and and we that's certainly what we kind of expect right now the staff is going to be able to kind of build off that and and the, the questions are going to more turn to Okay, well, what what does A and M look like under this new staff? That's from from you and I covering recruiting. 
that's kind of where the questions always kind of turn to is, okay, well, what's the, what's a, what's the group going to yeah. look like under a new coach where you get yourself in trouble is when you sit there and say, um, you know, that things are just going to turn around. That's kind of where A&M's got in this, with this wide receiver spot and where they've got to, they just haven't really recognized that a change was, was needed there. And, um, you know, credit to James Coley, the receiver play has been better this year with him kind of leading that group and kind of goes to what we talked about, about having, two receivers in the top 10 there's there's been, yeah i mean moose know, some... moose was like you know almost an afterthought coming in the season yeah. i mean he's had you know especially the last few games has really come on and yeah i think coley has has a lot to do with it i think so too and so recognizing that there's a change and so you know the narrative i think can kind of shift around the receiver position heading into next year if you have an offensive coordinator in there um you know i, I think a&m will be able to kind of survivor on that as long as and they can sell Connor Wigman too and they can sell being able to play with Connor Wigman if he continues to look really good over the last couple of games and so we'll see what 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 the future holds for 2024 recruits but but yeah no getting Ashton Funk is is definitely a great start start along that offensive line and you know I think the other part to mention is he is close with Daniel Cruz as well so another, yes. another big target for for A&M in that class yeah, you know, get an offensive uh, guard type from uh, from uh, Dallas area, from Richland. I mean, that would be – yeah, that would be another really good get. Another guy that will probably go up in the rankings. And there's some other good news for this half of the segment. Now, I, you know, my phone's right here. It's been on silent, but I do look down at it every once in a while, check in the text messages and yep. stuff. As far as I know, there have not been any decommitments during this uh, – Hey, during look, the, there the we film, go. <laughs> recording of this. Sorry, sorry okay. to make light of it, but yeah. I think a lot of hey, people have been for, thirty minutes ever since. Yeah, ever since the Appalachian State game, and then obviously ever since this is it five game losing streak now. Yeah, yeah. five game. You know, I think streak. people have sort of you know mailed it in a bit and stopped you know obsessing over individual recruits. So I can make we can make light of that. Yeah, a, we can make light bit. of it. You know, if it if it was like uh, Florida when they lost uh, what's his, the five star recruit, he wasn't a commit, but the five star recruit when he committed to Miami, you know, he was oh, a Colorado Florida legacy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when that happened, you know, I don't think Florida guys could have gone on a podcast and made <laughs> jokes at that point. But yeah. when everything's going wrong, you know, it's like that, you know, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Like, <laughs> didn't have anybody, yeah. anybody commit during our In the last 30 minutes. Yeah. See, we're we're trying to bring the good news where we can around here. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's that, that's kind I, of I am, I'm such, I've, I've always been accused of being a huge uh, A&M homer and sunshine poker, so just, yeah, just trying to keep up the uh, – Although, Keep up the appearances. Can we please proofread our because you you sent everybody into a panic already with on the board with oh with, yeah so I type I type when uh, when uh, Hicks decommitted it's just you know you're yeah, typing yeah, you type H I no, and it just no decommitted to be it clear. just went yeah, yeah it just might yeah. automatically like was that a Freudian slip no you know it wasn't like, yeah literally was just my fingers but, are used to typing one thing exactly and, and also it, it, I was just showing how Anthony it was already dead to me. I'm yeah. he's a nice kid. Too. He's a nice kid. He's too. a really good kid, and yeah. and you know, it's it's one of those things. I do think if AM is having a better year on the field, he definitely sticks. But when you start having these sorts of results, you know, even a couple of weeks ago we were talking, and and he wasn't interested in talking about Texas at all. But when you lose five straight, that's where things start to go. Yeah. And and he was totally solid until this season started to. To kind of uh, unravel a little bit. The good news, though, is we do have on. If you listen to this on Monday, the a basketball season does kick off tonight, and and we'll have coverage of that 
uh, 7 p.m. against Come next week, and I will break down all the basketball action, Michael. Only only I can. I'll maybe even give you some MS Paint drawings like to to really show where things went right or wrong. You never know where this podcast is going to go. I think in April we had had the whiteboard stats out and and kind of – Oh, I'll do it. I'll give you you some – Brian Peroni, MS Paint, in-depth basketball analysis. It's absolutely coming, that's it's coming what, for that's you. What people to come to, to this podcast for, Brian. Yes, and, exactly. You know, and uh, just just checking around on on A and M did have a big visitor in town as well this weekend. Bryce Lindsey um, sounds like he's moving closer towards a decision. A and M, West Virginia, and Villanova are the three schools in the mix there. And um, for that's, 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 to- that's what I'm hearing too. Yeah, yeah, that's what Brian, Brian, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to let you know you're on the right track. I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hearing the same. And and you know, if you haven't seen Brian's crystal balls, no, I'm Brian. Brian's got the crystal balls coming for for all the basketball targets for A and M. didn't somebody the say there has There's yeah. not been an A and M uh, crystal ball since like the twenty yeah, twenty class since Ashton Smith. They haven't they keep going in on, Yeah, they keep yeah. going in on the transfer portal. They, I'll go they, throw they, some in. I haven't heard yeah, of this guy. Who's who? Does LeBron have a kid? Ronnie's going to A and M. You heard Ronnie it here James. first. <laughs> hey, Remember, I I willed Walter <laughs> Nolan and uh, and what's the name? quarterback Malachi Nelson into existence. So yeah, I heard I heard Ronnie James is coming. So um, it's the rumor. Looking at the number two. Oh, yeah, who's the number player two player? You're right. That's, in this cycle. That's one of my calls. That's that's one of Brian's calls is I couldn't even number, name the number one player. I was gonna I was trying to think of a Justin, name. Justin Edwards, a small forward that's currently committed to Kentucky. Oh yeah, I've heard he's flipping. He's gonna visit <laughs> him. I've heard it. It's the rumor. Somebody's uh, gonna play just this clip. It's gonna yeah, be on old somebody, take exposed. <laughs> somebody's gonna Somebody's gonna bring just this out, but no. Yeah. Um, but I have heard Bryce Bryce Lindsay. See, now I'm thinking about Bryce and Bryce yes. Lindsay is moving closer to to a decision. Uh, kind of looking at the early signing period was on campus for an official visit this weekend. I've heard at least at least from the A and M side that that things seem to go pretty well on that front. And there's a there's there's some confidence around around where they stand. We'll see how things go. Brass while recruiting can always be a bit unpredictable, but um, you know, should have more on that in the next couple of days as we move towards the early signing period, which is coming up in in just a couple of days now. I think yeah, it's that's next this week. week. Not or for football, week. the other sports. Not for football, for basketball. Um, it's coming up really soon. So um, we'll we'll definitely have more more on him coming up and and be back next week to to uh, break down Auburn and and look ahead to that the mighty UMass game um, and and you know. See, and and whatever else is coming on on the recruiting trail in the next couple of days, um, Texas high school football playoffs get going this weekend, so we'll be out at those. And um, you know, thanks again to everybody for tuning in. Those who are are tuning in and 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 keeping us keeping engaged with the podcast, we really appreciate. It, even in the midst of a, a really tough season, and be sure to hit that like and like button and and um, and hit that subscribe button to get a notification every time. A new video drops in. Until then, have a good week, everybody, and and we'll see you guys soon.